the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God will gladly take over navigating our lives when we surrender to Him. He's standing on the outside, waiting for us to open the door of our hearts from the inside. We must let Him in and give Him complete control. As Pastor Rander continues today's message, listen closely as he focuses in on God's criteria for knowing His will and what we must willingly do to live in Him, through Him, and for Him. God must always be first in all things, and we must submit to His Lordship in all things. Remember to keep your Bible, pen, and paper handy. When this virus is gone, and it's going to pass, it may not look like it, but it's going to pass. It's going to be good and gone. Now, something else is coming down the pike, mind you, because this is an evil world, because some folk didn't learn their lessons during the pandemic. Oh, yeah, something else is coming. It's something else coming. I mean, we said, when will things stop coming? When you get to heaven. Okay. All right. That's it. But you get to heaven. Okay. We're not in heaven. Now, some folk, yes, some folk, they are in heaven. You say they are. Yeah, because this is the best they're going to get because they're going to hell from here. They're going to hell from here. So this is the best they're going to get. This is their heaven on earth. You know, but this is not my heaven. This is not my home. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a sojourner. I'm just a passing through. So it's going to pass. And you know what? You will lose heart. Some folk will allow, have allowed this pandemic to steal just about two years of their lives. Two years. Two years. Two years. 24 months. Lives. Gone. You can't go back and get it. You're scared to do this. You're scared to do that. You're paralyzed. I don't know. Then, then you, you, you get... You get the vaccine. Should I take it? Should I not? Oh, it's going to do something. They got something in that's going to mess me up. You know, I, you know and, you, and then, you, then you come up with this angle and then it's that angle. And, and, and I, it's just amazing how the Christians have become paralyzed and the world is just free. They, They're just having a great time. They go to the games, these college games. I mean, with no shirts on, sitting out there drinking their cools, and some of them can't get in the stadium, don't even care, and they have little parties around the cars and trucks. What you call those? Y'all know what they call Tailgating. Y'all, come on, talk to me. Y'all talking. You got those masks on, but you can still talk. Tailgating out there, temperature dropping, they tailgate. You know, it's cold in Minnesota, but they still tailgating. I, you, know, you know, and all of a sudden, I see folks in the restaurants passed by, uh, packed out. You can go in specs and get all the alcohol you want. You can get drive-by alcohol nowadays. <laughs> you can go to strip clubs. Yeah, everything is essential. Pets bought is essential. Uh, is, is essential. I asked my, the young guy, my young guy, I said, why are you still working? It's the pandemic. He said, we essential. <laughs> Cutting grass is essential. I said, oh, okay, go on cut. You know, <laughs> everything. Every, 
everything's essential. But who is saying the church is essential? You ought to be like the summers. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of God. We don't have 70,000 folk in here. We got a spirit center back there. You can watch it on. You that scared, you can watch it outside in the, in the foyer. And, and for those who are real scared, and now some, don't get me wrong, I know some folk have compromised systems and, uh, and they, they really want to be here, but just uniqueness of their physicality will not permit don't you, don't, don't you send me nothing. We're not talking about you. Okay, I'm, t- I'm looking right in that camera. We're not talking about you. We're not talking about you. But all y'all out there ain't sick either. Okay? I, I submit to you today, the Bible says, let nothing separate me from the love of God. What if you had a scary pastor? I did a wedding the other day. Oh, I mean, right in the middle of pandemic, it just broke out, and I got called. Can you do a graveside service? I said okay. Then another funeral home chapel is under. Can you do my son? Uh, my this person died, and I said okay. I went right. Here. I didn't know what was going on, but but I went. I, I bought my sanitizer, had my stuff, I did everything, and I took everything off. And I, I don't preach in my mass. I take it off because I want the gospel to go out. And I don't want to, I don't want to muffle, muzzle the gospel. I said, well, if I die because I take it off for that little few minutes, then God just let me die. You know, I take it off. I want folk, I'm uh, for God. You all, you all muzzle up. No, I got to take it off. I ain't that scared. You six feet away, you way away, you know. If you, if you get me from up there, sitting way back there, then I ought to be God. <laughs> so, you know, and I go. I did a wedding the other day here. I went, and I go. I went to the hospital. I go, and, and then when I got in there, then they told me after the fact. They say, you know, you were just in there, but COVID was on the same. You know, just run the corner. You know, you just walked a little further. You walked in the COVID. I said, why? I'm like, why you tell me that? <laughs> I didn't want to know what COVID was. <laughs> you see, I would get nothing done. I wouldn't be able to serve you because I'm too scared. I couldn't do a funeral. I couldn't do. We did a funeral of a one of our brothers here last 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 Tuesday. I was here. I, I'm not scared. I go where God leads me to go. And if I'm going to die, I want to die doing what God called me to do. <laughs> called me to do. I want to lead from the front and not behind. And I have to. My wife and I have to step. At, uh, set the example for you. Now, we're not going to be out there crazy and just tempting God and just being foolish. And We take our precautions and do things. I'm not, we're not free for all. But the other side is we're not going to allow fear to rule our lives. And by the way, neither should you. Why don't y'all say amen? amen. Then he spoke a parable to them that men, ought, men always ought to pray and not lose heart. See, not cultivating the mind of Christ, not cultivating the mind of Christ will cause believers to become fearful. Philippians 2, 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. When you start thinking like Christ, your life will settle down. Your life will settle down. Asked somebody to call me just yesterday. I dare not call names. 
And they were just, you know, people called them, well, uh, I, I, I need a religious exemption paper because of this and that. I don't want to take the vaccine and this and that. We get more of these kind of calls and things coming. And uh, they asked me, should I take it and should I not? And, and, and uh, I'm not going to take it and I'm going to get me a, a, a attorney and you know, on and on and turn it on. All that, well, you know, what do you, what you think? Look how quiet y'all got. I said, you know something? You, you need to stop listening to the television and social media and stop saying what you ain't going to do. I said, I said um, people take shingle shots, flu shots, uh, Typhoid shots? Yeah, y'all call it, what you call it? Measles shots? Come on, help me call them. Huh? Flu shots? We said that one. Hepatitis, hepatitis shot? Go step on something now and see when they give you a, a shot. And you don't say, you know, I don't know that shot. I, and then I told her, I said, by the way, well, what kind of medicine you take? Uh, aspirin can do you in. I was taking medicine about six years ago, and my medicine turned against my body and one, one of the preachers came up to me and said, Pastor, I think you're having a stroke. I said, what? I don't feel like it. I went and looked. This is, this is about, I was preaching two services at the time and I went and I looked in the mirror in the restroom. I said, oh my God, I could not recognize my face. I didn't get a chance to preach that second service. This was several years ago. They rushed me to the hospital from here and I stayed in there a number of days. Carl was still here, Caitlin's suit, left here and went straight to the emergency room. And there, my own medicine had turned against me. Say, I don't, I don't want you no more. So I'm trying to tell you all these things. I know you say, uh, should I take a shot? I'm just saying all these things that there's a risk in whatever you do. When, you, when that doctor gives you a prescription, that's a risk. There's so many risks out there. That's why the Bible says pray about everything. So you know what I did? I, I gave her a real good talking to. And after I gave that real golf, I said, now I tell you what to do. Don't you be so quick to go to attorneys and this and that. I want you to go to Jesus. I didn't even tell you what I think. I just gave you some illustrations. Now I want you to fast and pray and hear God. Let him talk to you. And when he instructs you what to do, don't be going to your friends and family and this person and that. They'll put you back into confusion. You hear God for yourself and leave the consequences to him. That's why I sent her back to God. I'm not a doctor. I mean, I need medical degrees and clinical this and that. But I can, I'll never lose sending folk back to God. She said, I needed that talking to so badly. So badly. Stop fussing and getting all up, work up. And sometimes God wants you to do some things that you say you ain't going to do. And I tell you what, too. Thank you, Holy Ghost. God got me. I don't know what's going on. It must be this group right in here. <laughs> no, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> but, but, but sometimes these are times of testing. And God will test you. And sometimes God will say, yes, I want you to take it. Sometimes he says, No. I want you to take it, and he'll tell you why. But you know that God, you're answering to God, and God has had the last word, and you have peace, 
and you're going to leave the consequences to him because when you let God have the last word, you are in good hands. Do I have witnesses out there? You're in good hands. You're in good hands. So you hear God. You count the cost. and You listen to God and not man. Have the mind of Christ in vaccines. The mind of Christ in medicines. The mind in Christ decisions of your children and where they're going to be educated and how they're going to be educated. The mind of Christ in uh, decision makings about finances and all these things. D, uh, dealing with fear, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and refuse to be overwhelmed with the things that make you fearful. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and refuse to be overwhelmed with the things that make you fearful. Hebrews 12:2a says, "Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and, and finisher, perfecter of our faith. Keep your eyes fixed on him, not world and national news, not the news outlets, not, not, not all the technological news. Keep your eyes fixed up because when you just live in that stuff and you're baptizing that stuff and you're saturated, that stuff will bring on you insurmountable fear. Know how much you can receive, then shut it down and move on with your life. Please join the Maranatha Bible Church family at 10 a.m. on Sunday, November 14th, as we celebrate our Military Appreciation Day to recognize and thank all branches of the military and their families, as well as veterans, for their service and self-sacrificing generosity to sustain the United States of America as the land of the free and the home of the brave. Worship with us as we honor these selfless individuals for their priceless and ultimate sacrifice. Fear. How do you overcome fear? Do not doubt the word of God, which breaks your fellowship with Christ, causes you to become disheartened, lose your confidence in Christ, and ushers in a spirit of fear. Do not doubt the word of God, because when you begin to doubt the word of God, it breaks your fellowship with Christ. It causes you to become disheartened. You lose your confidence in Christ and it ushers in a spirit of fear. Genesis 3, 1 says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Look, he's questioning the validity of the word of God. He's casting doubt on the word of God, and it worked in the case of Eve. Did God really say? Listen, the moment you begin to doubt the authoritative word of God, you have nothing else to stand on. What else are you going to put your trust in if it's not the word of God? You're going to put your trust in people? You're going to put your trust in money? You're going to put your trust in things? This is all we've got. And if you doubt the word, you have nothing else. Satan wants you to doubt. And when you begin to doubt the, uh, the least little bit, you are on a downward spiral to destruction. 
to destruction. F, disobeying God and making bad decisions causes one to become fearful. Disobeying God and making bad decisions causes one to become fearful. Back in Genesis again, Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, they were married, see, hid themselves. Look at this. You can say amen right there. Yeah, amen. Some, yeah, this man had a wife. He didn't have a live-in. He wasn't cohabitating. Let me stop right here. I don't have enough amens in here. Ladies, you all not let no man live in that house with you without a ring on that thing. I ain't talking about a promise ring. I'm talking about a marriage ring. It don't even belong in the next bedroom in your house. Cohabitation is sin. Marriage is a commitment. Husband and wife, man and woman. Okay? So it says, look, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. Now they had fellowship, now they're hiding. And what, you, what sin does, it makes you hide stuff. Hide the, hide the money from the spouse. That's right. Hide the drugs. Hide the pornography. That's right. It makes you hide stuff. Hide the women in your life when you're supposed to be working somewhere. I'll leave that alone. Now, then move on. Now, number nine. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, you know, the Lord knows your name. Yeah. And said to him, Adam, where are you? Now, the Lord wasn't confused. The Lord wasn't misdirected. The Lord knew exactly where Adam was. The Lord wanted him to confess up, to own up. You know, he wanted the truth about himself and where he was. The proximity of that relationship with God was, was severed. Verse 10. So he said, I heard, look, look, what, look what Adam said. I heard your voice in the garden. I heard his voice in the garden. Wait a minute. Why would hearing God's voice in the garden disturb him? I mean, you, how many of y'all want to hear God speak to you? Let me see here. When you get to the day where you don't even want to hear him speak, that's a sign right there that you are AWOL on God. Adam was AWOL at this point. He said, I heard the voice in the garden and I was afraid. Uh-oh, fear. That fear is sin brings in fear. Adam and Eve sinned and which resulted in fear. Fear, because I was naked. All of a sudden, oh, you're naked. I know you're naked. I created you. I know every part of your body and the inner work is the part you can't see. You know, who told you you were naked? And I hid myself. There it is again, hiding. What you hiding from? I'm going to tell y'all something. When it comes to dealing with God, have integrity. You can't have integrity with people until you first have integrity with God. Yeah. 
Now, that was a big thought. I wish I had written that down in my paper. Don't expect folk to have integrity with you. If, if they don't have it together with God, they're not going to have it together with anybody else. If they lie to God, they're going to lie to you. That's right. God is not giving you a spirit of fear and timidity. God wants you strong. God wants you full of faith. God wants you pressing on. God wants you courageous. This is no time for you to be wimps. This is time for you to be witnessing, telling other folk about Jesus. People in bad shape, physically and spiritually, you have the words of life and you too scared to dispense it because you somewhere hiding. As we focus on the immeasurable love of God for us, his love quiets our fears and give us confidence through our trials, pain. Love, his love give us comfort through grief and hurt, betrayal. His love helps us through abandonment and death. The assurance of God's love bring a peace that surpasses human understanding. When the love of God is in our hearts, along with possessing sweet fellowship with Christ, we will reverence and respect God and not be afraid of him, nor will we be afraid of standing at the judgment seat of Christ. The believer who has accepted Christ as his personal savior is free from the fear of judgment because his sins were judged in Christ when he died on the cross for him. Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. If you rebel against the commandments of God and refuse to accept Christ as your personal savior, you have every right to be afraid. As a matter of fact, you have a right to be very afraid. Number three, as children of God, we have the capacity to love like him. As children of God, we have the capacity to love like him. Verse 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. Underline that, highlight it. We love him because he first loved us. We have the capacity to love because God first took the initiative to love us by sending his one and only son so that our broken relationship would be restored if we embrace his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by faith through grace alone. And when we trust Christ, we have the Holy Spirit within us who gives us the ability to love like God. You can't love like God until you have the life of God living in your soul. Number four, another quality of genuine love is that the love of God dissolves hate in the heart of a child of God. Another quality of genuine love is that the love of God dissolves hate in the heart of the child of God. Verse 20. There it is. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? John uses very, very strong language here. And certainly he is not the least bit concerned about being politically correct. This old aged apostle had a deep walk with God. In other words, how is it possible to hate someone you see every day and at the same time say you love God whom you've not seen visibly? 
question for you. Why does John speak so strongly against hate? Why does John speak so strongly against hate? He said, look, in verse 20, look at verse 20 again. If someone says, I love God, you know, they, they, they say, see, and hates his brother, he's a liar. He's a liar. He's calling them out. You're lying if you say you love God and you don't love people that you see. You say, but I, you don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she did 30 years ago. And God has said, you love them in spite of unconditionally. Unconditionally. Number one, why, why does John speak so strongly against hate? Because, number one, hate breaks your relationship with God. It leads to separation from Christ. It breaks your relationship with Christ, your fellowship with Christ. It breaks your fellowship with Christ. It breaks your fellowship with your family. It's a terrible thing when you hate your siblings, you hate your brother, your sister, you hate your aunt, your uncle, your in-laws. It's a terrible thing when you hate your mama, hate your daddy. You say, but I never knew my mama. You, know, you don't know what my daddy did to my mama. And you walk around with all this hate. Some people hate because they never knew their parents. Yeah. It's a terrible thing when you have family hate. It's a terrible thing, even worse, when you have hate in a church. You walk around folk, won't speak to folk, can't smile at folk. Because you're listening to stuff about that person and, and you haven't even validated it. You see, church hate is a horrible hate. And then and they turn around and hate these friends. I'm going to tell you something. People don't stay in the permanent mode. You can't, you can't love folk conditionally. You have to love them when, you, when they're your friends, and then you have to love them when they're your enemy. The Bible says, love your enemy. That's right. You say, I can't, I'm not there yet. You, know, you ever said, I'm not there yet? I'm going to fix you right now. You better hurry up and get there. Because some of y'all been saying that for the last 20 years. Because the truth be told, you don't plan to get there. You don't plan to get there. Your, your friends. Friends become enemies. Number two, hate hinders your spiritual progress and even brings on spiritual regression. Spiritual progress. All of a sudden, the songs you sing don't bring joy. Folks shouting, enjoying God, lifting up hands before the Lord on their knees. I mean, they're just leaving here so high in Christ and others just dragging and sour and say, what is so wrong with these people? They get the same word, the same place, the same gospel, but one leave rejoicing and the other one leave miserable. See? You know what hate does? Hate steals your joy. Steals your joy. You can't sing anymore. Say, you can't laugh anymore. Gone. Just gone. Somebody laugh. What's so funny? You know what hate does? Hate steals your freedom. It puts a man or woman into an emotional and spiritual prison. I don't have time to hate. It takes energy to hate. My responsibility in the ministry is too great for me to have an ounce of hate against anyone. Anyone. I can't, I cannot do it. I cannot stay mad at you. Even my man, it's a hot minute. Matter of fact, that's what you need to do. If you're going to hate them, say, Lord, I'm going to hate them for five minutes. Okay, four, three, two, 
one, zero. Okay, now all the hate's gone. Won't you just time your hate? Five minutes and that's over. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.